the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I am your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller Blake, my co-host. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm well. I'm breathing. I didn't rush this morning, which was nice. Good. You're very kind. I had a whole like ten minutes between getting home and our our radio show. Good. Well, I've got our first guest is here. We got two guests today. Our first guest is going to be Lauren Fix. Lauren, she's the car coach, and she's been on the show several times. Uh, she's coming. She is in this half hour as well as we are going to be talking about why women have sex. We're talking all about women today, women and changing their tires, and then women having sex. So we're going to have to combine. The, we'll figure <laughs> out a, a connection there between the two. Lauren. Six is the the car coach, nationally recognized automotive expert, um, and this is kind of the opening to Lauren. We say we're independent, but new survey says not always so. One in two women rely on men for auto care. That does not surprise me. Uh, but Lauren is going to talk to us uh, actually about our tires. It's really important to get our tires fixed, I guess, and we don't <laughs> seem to do that. Our car maintenance, we let our boyfriends or our partners or we let the men do it. Uh, Lauren, welcome to the show. She is holding, but... Hello, thank you for having me back. Great to have you back. How are you? I'm great. How are you? i tell you one thing. When I saw you in person at the American Women in Radio and Television thing, I have to say, you do not look like a car coach because like you're gorgeous, you're smart. I mean, you just yeah. totally uh, don't look like the stereotype of a car coach, but you are and you know what you're doing. So what are we talking Thank about you. today? Well, I was a tomboy, so it takes time to make change. So okay. it, about 20 year, over year, 20 years, I finally look like a girl. <laughs> well, oh, I want to say one other thing, Lauren. Named 2008 Automotive Women of the Year and Thank was you. part of Oprah's Live Your Best Life Tour in 2005. Uh, providing automotive information and advice, so you really are the expert. So we're going to talk Thank about you. tires today. Yeah, I'm going to talk about tires because you know it's it's going to be that time of year. As a matter of fact, my daughter, who's 17, just said to me, "You know, Mom, when are we going to put on our snow tires?" And it made me feel good that I've actually got through to her. But uh, <laughs> you know, you wonder with teenagers. But that's true. It's that time of year. I live in, in the northern half of the country, but no matter where you live, you know, we forget about our tires because. If the car's running fine, there's no lights on the dash, we think, yeah, we're all set. Unless something turns on, I'm just going to keep driving it. But, you know, the fact is, the one thing that touches the ground, whether you're driving a teeny little Mini Cooper or you're driving a big Hummer or a big truck, and that is there's only four tires that touch the ground, and they're about the size, the contact patch that touches the ground is about the size of your fist. So if you think about the size of your fist and you look at it, you think, wow, that's not very much. And that's why it's really important to take care of your tires. And the fact is that most people don't know even when to replace their tires. So uh, TireBuyer.com, which is a, a wonderful new website that i got to tell you about, uh, has done a great study. And they found that most people are ne- neglecting their tires because they think about oil and all that. 
But when they do decide to do that, people are buying more and more products online now to save money and, of course, time because we're all so busy. But according to this recent study, they didn't, most people didn't even know enough about buying tires when they walked into any tire place. So that's why we're here to try and be your source to get you information so that you're more empowered. Yeah, we have to be more empowered because I guess part of the study is, Lauren, and Lauren, Lauren, my co-host, the other Lauren, I don't know if this is true for you, who does your tire? I mean, you have a husband. Is he the one who does your yeah, tires is, and knows I, when to get I, the tires fixed? Because we're talking about one in two women rely on their spouse, spouses to tell them it's time to buy new tires. Your timing um, with this topic can't be any better. So I drive my car. I never pay attention to my tires. And the other day I'm taking my daughter to school and the light comes on on my dashboard about a tire. You know, I have one of those cars that tells me there's a tire pressure is low, thank goodness, because I don't pay attention. And he wasn't home, so I had to figure out the air compressor and blow it up myself, but I'm petrified I'm going to burst the tire. So anyway, I yeah, I have tire issues, and normally I will ask him to do it, but he's not home, and when he's not, I will try, but I'm not good at it. All right, so we don't want to be in a crisis like that, Lauren. <laughs> no, we <laughs> don't. And, and one of the things that's so easy, and I, we, I'd be thrilled to tell you, I mean, I have on my website um, how to check tire pressure. Also, tirebuyer.com has all kinds of articles on how to do it. It's very easy. And the first thing you need is to purchase a tire pressure gauge that's digital. Forget those stick gauges. That's like a thermometer under the tongue. They're useless. Or you really want a digital tire pressure gauge. They're under $10. I sell them on my website. You can buy them at any mass merchandiser. They even sell them at, you know, consumer stores, convenience stores. So once you have one, just open up your driver's door. Look at that sticker. Just before you get in, there's a white sticker, and it tells the correct tire pressure. That's where you get the right information, and it's easy to check. I wear a pair of gloves because I want to wreck my nails. What a girl I've become. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and you check your tire pressure once a month, and you use the compressor, and that way you don't wait till that light turns on your dash. That's called tire pressure monitoring. And that's the other thing. When you go to replace tires, people forget, I'm going to get new tires or new rims. They don't get that tire pressure monitoring, that little thing, and they don't get it replaced, or they don't transfer it over to the other set of rims, and what happens is that light's on all the time, and now you're really worried, you know, is it low on pressure, is there a problem? Is That's there you more of a make problem, sure. Lauren, like if you live in a, a, a in different kinds of climates, like let's say you live in the northeast where you get mm-hmm. a lot of snow and ice, is that harder on your tires than, say, if you live in a more mild climate or live in the south, or is there a difference? Actually, uh, both have issues. If you live in really hot, like Arizona, Florida, Texas, where it gets really, really warm, it actually will eat the tire up quicker because of the heat, because the heat on the roadway and the heat on the tires will actually start wearing the tire more than, it, more than necessary. So you have to check your tires. And if you see bald spots, get new tires. And that may seem plainly obvious, but how many people actually say, you know, I think I'll check my tires today. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, whoever's listening to, please go out and check your tires today because you might be surprised what you see. And then in the colder climates, like I live in Buffalo, so we have snow. You don't want to use all-season tires up here because they're not going to give you the traction, which is braking, handling, and safety. So you want to be able to control your car in the snow so if you live in the upper half of the country, that's pretty much, you know, just cut the country in half, the top half, you should probably be getting snow tires if you see snow at least once a year. Oh, so in other words, and I've done that, so I've made a huge mistake because I have those year-round tires and live in upstate New York, but you're... <laughs> that's How many that's... times have you skated through an intersection and thought, oh, boy? <laughs> yeah, so in other words, you really do need two sets of tires. So how, this, you know, this does empower us, and why... Women, you know, if you take care of your tires, um, but 
how do we get away from being afraid? You know, there is this fear that somehow it's we don't know what we're doing. You know, I mean, we're, right. we're not capable of somehow taking care of our cars, let alone our tires, and we always kind of let men do it. Why do we do that? Well, I mean, that's actually what the study said. 25% of women and 15% of men are afraid they're going to get sold something they don't need. And because it is lack of information, even though we're all out there informing you, uh, people want to have to be ready to listen to it. Like your co-host Lauren was saying, you know, I, I think I need tires. She would actually go someplace and whatever that salesperson said would have to be the facts unless she went and did her own homework online. And, and that's why Tire Buyer is really great because it's got a great learning center on their website. And they'll also allow you to bring up your, this is the coolest part, you can bring up your year, make, and model of your car, pick the color of your car, and then see what those tires would look like. Do your homework online and get the price, and they'll deliver them. This is the best part. They'll deliver them to your favorite dealer already paid. So you can pay for everything online on a credit card. You can do it in your pajamas when the kids are at bed, on bed, rather than waiting until like a Saturday when everybody's out. You know, and the traffic is crazy. You pull in, you get your tires replaced, and you're done. It's that simple. Oh, I love, but what does the color of the car have to do with it? Oh, it's sort of a fun personal thing. Like, I drive a little red Audi, so I want to see my car and what the tires are going to look like. I don't, why not? And if I decide to change rims, they sell rims on there as well if you choose to go that route. So you fun. Can... It's a little, it makes it more fun than just, okay, here's my year making model that's boring. You know, what tire? I don't know what that tire is going to look like. They actually guide you through the whole process, and it's a lot of fun. All right, so tirebuyer.com, you can get all your information. You can order your tires online. It's so simple. It's so, so then what are we going to need men for? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the next thing. I've heard Kelly Ripa say that before. She said, that, I guess we need them for procreation and taking the garbage out. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Well, and I even I'm starting to morning. take the garbage out. I'm not going to need my boyfriend for anything. <laughs> really, you've got it all under control. You. And, you know, that's, that's the whole idea. The more that we know, the more powerful we are. Because remember, when we were kids, our fathers knew a lot about cars, or our uncle or our brother. Nowadays, even my son, I'm teaching him, and he's like, none of his friends know anything about cars. He's a teenager. He's driving. And, you know, a lot of my husband's friends, now they know a little bit. They used to know, but they, they chose not to follow it because they got intimidated by that word computer. And they thought, oh, I'm, I'm not touching this car. I'm just going to take it somewhere. So because of that, there's become a wedge between knowledge and actually doing things, and that intimidation factor is why the Internet has been so wonderful for everyone. So, Lauren, do you go into schools? Because that's where you have to start. I mean, you mm -hmm. have to start teaching not just, I mean, you're talking about even little boys don't know that much about cars anymore even. Right. So, go like what we used to call shop, you mm -hmm. know, and only boys could take it. And they talked about all that mechanical stuff, whatever that stuff was. We learned how to cook. They learned how to, I don't know if they learned how to change tires. But, so do you go into schools? Because that's where you need to go. And, and middle schools and teach them where they can go and... Yeah, I have a speaking agent. She's been booking me in um, AAA uh, places. We've also been going to Girl Scouts events, uh, women's expos. Um, just been traveling like crazy. I'm doing a women's expo in November in Virginia. And they're just, they're events that, for other things that women would go to, but we bring, introduce cars into it as one thing. Because although we all want to know about health and fitness and taking care of our kids and, and all these great things, we forget about our cars, and you can't get to the soccer game or school or anything, even work without a car. And think how empowering the... it is when you have your sure. kids and there's mom out there doing the tire thing. I mean, they have a lot of respect for you. It's, it's, um, it's true. It's true. My daughter's boyfriends, all the guys that hang out with her, say, man, your mom's so cool because she can change a tire. I'm like, well, come on, I'll show you. And I'm here. They're showing them how to check tire pressure. <laughs> 
right. Before we say goodbye, because we're going to go to break, give us we want the website again, because your website as well, not just the tirebuyer.com, but then we can go to Lauren Fix's website, too, right. for more Lauren information. LaurenFix.com has a uh, monthly newsletter I send out. I try to keep it very topical, what's going on, not just about new cars and new products, but also I, I write a blog that goes out all the time, and I Twitter, and I have a Facebook. I try to get out there and keep all the social media going. It's also a good way to keep an eye on your kids. And that's LaurenFix.com. You're welcome to sign up for the newsletter. It's really a, it's a real fun to read newsletter. And then also TireBuyer.com has a contest going on. So if you haven't had a chance, go to TireBuyer.com, the contest to win $3,000, Tires for Life. Love as well as it. And a love whole you, bunch of other Lauren. Gifts. And I, I mean, there's... you are the alpha mom. What can I say? <laughs> Great to have you I on the show. Best. We're going to have to. We're, we're going to go to break right now, but we'll have you back. And uh, good luck with the tirebuyer.com. Thank you so much, and be safe on the roads. Okay, thanks. Great. Thanks. We're going to take a short break. Lauren Beller Blake, Catherine Zox. It's the Catherine Zox Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Coming up, why women have sex. I know why I have sex. Do you know why you have sex, Lauren? Don't tell anybody. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, and you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. 
And joining us this morning is our guest, Cindy M. Metzton, Ph.D. She is a professor of clinical psychology at the University of Texas at Austin, where she directs the Sexual Psychophysiology Laboratory, which is one of the world's cutting-edge labs on women's sexual experience. So she's written a book. She's co-authored a book, Understanding Sexual Motivations from Adventure to Revenge. This is one of the, or everything in between. Those are the reasons why women have sex. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Cindy. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so... I, as I told you before we got on the show, I've had actually several people call me this morning. Why do women have sex? Lots of different reasons. You interviewed, what, a thousand women or at least a thousand women and got their stories. Um, lots of different reasons for having sex. Um, yes, there are. There, uh, we came up with a list in our first study. We, we've conducted a series of studies on this topic, and in our first study, we simply asked, a wide age range of people to list all the reasons why they've ever had sex in their lives. And we condensed those into 237 different reasons. And then for the sole purposes of the book, we interviewed another 1,006 women from the ages of 18 to 87 to talk about their experiences of actually having sex for these various different reasons. All right, so Cindy, let's Take a couple categories. Yeah. What, yeah. Why do? Let's take. What was probably the number one reason for women having sex? Why do they? Is there a number one reason? Is there something that stands out why we have sex aside from yeah. procreating? Yeah. The number one reason why women have sex is because they are attracted to the person. Not so surprising. The second uh, big category of reasons, a number of reasons, which all lumped into the biggest category of physical pleasure. And the number two reason why women have sex is because it feels good, it's exciting, they want to have an orgasm, they, it, because it's fun, it feels good, they wanted the pure physical gratification. The next big uh, category of reasons pertain to love and commitment, emotional bonding, and then the reasons ranged from the altruistic of having sex simply to make your partner feel good to sympathy sex, having sex because you felt sorry for the guy for any number of reasons, uh, to the mundane where they're having sex simply because they're bored, to the medicinal to cure a headache, to cure back pain, to relieve menstrual cramps, and how does it do that? I saw better, that in the like having weight, sex. You name it. And then uh, kind of moving in the darker direction towards uh, revenge and lots of competition, female-female competition, where women would go to a bar in groups and pick the, the best guy in the bar and compete to see which one could snare the conquest, you know. Um, down into the darker side of intentionally wanting to give someone a sexually transmitted infection. It was a low frequency. Not a lot of women uh, reported that, but nevertheless, the, even though there's a small number, you know, the, the consequences of, of that type of motivation can be pretty uh, detrimental. Some more unusual reasons of wanting to get closer to God. Women said they had sex to feel a connection with God. Um, oh, my goodness, it just it was all over the place. Yeah, I've never had sex with anybody and thought that I was closer to God. I don't know about you, Lauren. I'm going to say that. Have you? No. Let's put, okay, let's put all this in the context of what's happening. Can we do this with David Letterman? Okay, he slept with, I guess, four or five women at work, allegedly. Um, why did they want to have sex with David Letterman? How does that fit into your research? Oh, well, certainly status and power. I mean, one of the big, in our first chapter on sexual attraction, 
we talk about what, who women want, basically. And certainly for many different reasons, women are attracted to power and status. You know, they're going to provide the woman with resources. If they can get a guy who has high status, that must mean that they're pretty special, or at least they think they're pretty special. Um, you can talk about it in evolutionary terms. If you're with the, the high-status guy, this is the guy who has power, strength, lots of testosterone. He's the one who is going to be able to hunt down the antelope and bring the food home to you and, and the children. So there's all sorts of evolutionary and psychological reasons why women are attracted to men of high status. Even if they're you know older and not particularly good-looking, rarely do you see an unattractive um, uh, high, uh, an unattractive um, woman with a very attractive man, but but often you will see the difference if the man has high status. Right, so what's in it for these women? Let's say in the David Letterman case, he's a high status man. Doesn't really matter what he looks like, but he's also not available uh, because he's with some. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he was married at the time, but he was with his partner for right. 20 yeah so right. what there's another piece to this not just because you can't necessarily right. partake of all the high status stuff that he has to offer there's another part to that right well there's a whole uh world out there called what we refer to as mate poaching and we talk about it in the book and a lot of women engage in mate poaching and what that is is exactly what you're talking about a woman is attracted or sleeps with a man who is already in a committed relationship or is already married. By sleeping with him, she gets closer to him. She kind of wheedles her way in there, um, you know, does a kind of no-strings-attached relationship, makes it easy, free sex, and then slowly, little bit by little bit, gets lures them in. And, and tries to get the partner out of the picture by dropping hints of, oh, you know, you can do better. Oh, she's not very nice to you. Oh, you're so wonderful. You're so famous. You're so handsome. You deserve better. These, these kinds of cues, and little by little, they take over. It's called mate poaching, and it's actually more common. <laughs> now, mate poaching, does that apply to Mark Sanford, the uh, the senator from, uh, what, North or South Carolina, his girlfriend? <laughs> Is that the same kind of situation? That was like three or four months ago. We haven't heard so much about him recently, but his girlfriend, a little bit different than the Dave Letterman thing, isn't it? Um, I, I believe so. Yeah, I've not kept close tabs on that. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> uh, here's another question. What about the difference, and I know you covered this in the book, is there a difference between gay women and straight women in terms of how they have sex or who they have sex with or the reasons for having sex? Um, we didn't uh, statistically look at differences between gay women and straight women, but a lot of the women in our book were homosexual or gay or lesbian or asexual, all sorts of, uh, or, or bisexual, and it did not appear that the reasons were vastly different. Um, so I think that most of these reasons, you know, cut across sexual orientation. So gay or straight, they fall into the same category. You just brought up a word. I've always been curious about this, and I know there's controversy. You said asexual, meaning mm-hmm. what? What does asexual mean? Asexual means really not interested in sex. It doesn't identify as a um, attracted to either sex. Are there people who really aren't attracted to people? Is there, there you know, I can never, I mean, are there people who really don't want to have sex? I mean, is there a whole big category of people, um, men and women, who are asexual? 
Um, I w- well, truly asexual, meaning just no sexual attraction, is pretty rare. Now, there is a very large percentage of people, one-third of American women report having low sexual desire, which is different. That means they're still sexually attracted and have experienced sexual attraction and desire, but their desire is very low. They might only want sex one, once a year or once every six months. Once a year? Somet- sometimes. or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Once a year? I mean, <laughs> well, uh, once a year could be really great. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the guy they have it with, it could be a good thing. Let's put it that way. But anyway, now you also say in the book men are more in touch or have a closer relationship with their genitals than women yes. do. Yes, yes. Explain That's that been actually us. the focus of my research for the past 16 years. What we find in any laboratory studies and also in the real world, if a man has an erection, he is very likely to say he is sexually aroused. If a woman, if you increase blood flow into a woman's genitals, she may, first of all, not even notice it. If she does notice it, it's unlikely to make her say she's sexually aroused. And that is the single reason why Viagra is so effective in men. If you give men Viagra, they get an erection, they notice it, they are nine times out of ten likely to say, this feels good, I want to have sex. I did some of the initial Viagra studies in, in my, my lab, and we found that, indeed, if you give women Viagra, it increases blood flow to the genitals, but guess what? Most of them don't notice that, most of them don't care, and for, for almost all of them, it did not make them want to have sex. So there is, there is a deep synchrony between the genital engorgement, genital sensations, and how psychologically aroused a woman feels she is, which is very different from what you see in men. And it's probably best explained anatomically. An erection is, you know, out there, noticeable. You can't yeah. ignore it. Um, women's genitals are much more um, kind of tucked in there. and <laughs> yeah. Women's genitals are hidden and secret and all those words. You know, <laughs> right. Plus, women, up you know, from where are they? And, and, and it's real, even, you know, very different for little, even starting with little boys, right? You have that erection, it's right out there. Exactly, um, exactly. And, and uh, you bring up a good point, which is little boys, they obviously use their penis to urinate, so they're used to handling it, touching it. Women are often told, don't touch down there. You know, as I say in the book, it's as if it's a biohazard. Zone. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts from the, it really starts from day one, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's uh, the messages passed down as well as the anatomy. Yes. All right. So there's a big difference between men and women. We want, uh, and I, I know after hearing you speak, a lot of people are going to want to go out and get your book. Obviously, why women have sex: understanding sexual motivations from adventure to revenge. We covered some of those topics, but if you really want to get in depth and depth and hear these women's stories, it's amazing. You can buy the book online, bookstores everywhere. Tell us, uh, Cindy, um, and it's Dr. Cindy Metzen, professor of clinical psychology at the University of Texas. What website can we go to? Uh, you can go to my website, which is mestonlab.com, M-E-S-T-O-N-L-A-B.com, to read more about my research and some of the research done on our book. Okay. going to let you go because I, I know you're going on to the next show. You're very popular. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for being on the show this morning. We're going to take a, another short break, but we'll be back. Lauren Beller-Blake, Catherine Sox, VoiceAmericaVariety.com, and I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a minute.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our All-Star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you living with passion, purpose, and play? Are you ready to overcome your fears, claim your power and purpose to make your mark on the world, but don't know where to start? Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, will inspire and empower you to squeeze as much juice and joy out of life as possible. You'll find your passion, live on purpose, and do it all with a boatload of play. Join this amazing voice for Tuck Talk every Monday at 6 p.m. in the East and 3 p.m. in the West on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live rebelliciously and on your terms. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co host Lauren Deller Blake. Uh, okay, Lauren, now we have a lot to talk about because uh, what did you think? Sex, why women have sex. Um, I think it's a fascinating topic. I had no idea. I mean, I guess I did intuitively know, but when you, until the research is done, it's fascinating to hear why women really have sex. Have you ever had sex to cure a headache or a backache or Never. menstrual cramps? Never. How would you use sex for menstrual cramps? You know, menstrual cramps, I think what it does is it relaxes you. It calms you down. I do. I think once you have an orgasm, your whole, like, you're, and you're, when you have cramps and stuff, everything's so tight and, you know, yeah. It yeah. could make sense, but I'm not in the mood to get, to, don't get near me, you know? Yeah. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I'm not coming near you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I think that, it, yeah, orgasms do calm you down, and I think about 10 or 20 years ago, there was this whole kind of push to say, well, you, women don't really need to have an orgasm. Do you remember? Well, you remember that. I mean, you would. it was kind of like you can just enjoy sex without an orgasm, and you, it can be relaxing and blah, you know. There was a whole kind of, um, I don't know what they were pushing, but they were trying to convince women that it wasn't, the, you know, the experts 
that it wasn't necessary to have an orgasm. I can never <laughs> understand that. It is necessary. It is. I think it's an important. I think it is. I think it's an important part. And <laughs> what's your question? <laughs> and the question is, well, I guess. You know, for men, that would never be a question. Oh, never. They would never have sex without having an orgasm. Yeah, so why I mean, should we? Yeah, please, is right. So, I mean, I don't know why. I think it's changed, though, and I think that now it's it, the, the, the trend or whatever the, is that, you know, yeah, women deserve, deserve to have an orgasm just in the same way that men do, and it has the same effect, a positive effect. I do, too. I don't think that why would you? But I also do think that it's not all about just the orgasm. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. So does that, that's an important opposite switch here. In other words, it's about connecting too. I think as a you know, it's a connection between two people, and just having an orgasm doesn't always do that. No, sex not necessarily connecting. Exactly, connecting is a whole other thing. Having sex to connect is one thing, or just having sex to relax, like exactly. you said, or having it for revenge or competition or yeah, whatever. It's the, the intention. It's all about for. the intention. So you have a daughter. Because I like to, so, and she's three years old. When do you start telling her about sex? And, and do you tell her about sex in a different way than your mother told you or her mother told her? You know, I re- this is what I remember about sex with my mother. Um, she told me about sex by um, buying the book, Our Bodies, Ourselves. And I was probably 15 at the time. And 15? I think, that, I mean, what? 15 years old? I think so. I can't remember. I you can't remember. I was in my teens, and it was later teens, is what I can remember. And I was—that's so what I remember about sex. That's what I remember. It could be that I'm not remembering now. That my sister tells me I remember like a quarter as much as she does. So it could be that I'm not remembering. But um, yeah, that's my memory of our sex talk. Now with my daughter, who's three, I am very open with her. You know, she she's found sex toys, and she says, "Mommy, what are these?" <laughs> And, and I say, say, oh, they're mommy and daddy's toys. And then, but, well, she's only three, so she doesn't probably. She doesn't really know right, what that means, but she knows that they're, you know, mommy and daddy has those, so it doesn't know what they do with. Now, the other thing that she definitely is always, not always, oftentimes she'll she'll check herself out, and I think it's really great. She's like, check this out, mommy, look at this, you know. And the other day, this is such a great story. She sits, daddy, she he's going to the bathroom, and he she walks in on him, and he's standing, mm-hmm. and she says, daddy, you have a very large pee pee. <laughs> And Daddy was beaming. <laughs> Dad, I said I wasn't in the room. He told me the story. I said, "Oh my God, what did you say with say to her?" He says, "I said thank you very much, Sierra." <laughs> See, you are a family. You are ex- you have a great attitude towards sex. Well, I, I don't I mean, know. I mean, she's going to grow up feeling good as... about herself and good about sex and good about men and women. I mean, I think you're st- you know three years old. Uh, it's real positive. Well, I hope. I mean, there's a point that, you know, he definitely is not the person to have the conversation with her about it. I totally can get that already. But I'm like, you know, you have to check it out. You have to know what it's about. She's, you know, she's checking it out. It's, and I think it's okay. And I say, you know, it's okay that she'll be sitting in the living room and she'll be checking herself out and say, you know what, um, we can't do that in the living room when people are around. You need to go in your bedroom and you can do it as much as you want. And that, you know, that happens a lot. I have, you know, because kids do that, naturally curious, little girls and little boys, actually. And my boys used to do the same thing. You know, they're they're sitting there checking themselves out, and I would say to them, well, you know, that's fine, that's great, but, you, you know, you do it in your bedroom, you do it in privacy, you don't do it, you know, at my dinner party. But, I mean, exactly. Right? So, and that's good, because you'll see very often, Lauren, I see parents I, I just I want to step in and say something, you know, whether it's their little girl or their little boy, and that yeah, they're they're uh, 
um, touching themselves or checking themselves out, and the parents will get really angry or, you know, yell at them or tell them to stop it and don't do that and it's nasty. And, I mean, that is real, really negative kinds of stuff, and I see it happen a lot. And I kind of want to, in my social worker, I want to step in and say, don't do that, don't say that. You're going to make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah, it's. It, I agree. It's It's a hard... I think if we're not comfortable with it, they're not going to be comfortable with it. So we have to figure out what we need to do to to get ourselves comfortable with it. The conversation. Yeah, make your. You, you want to feel comfortable with your own body. Exactly. And that that and then you're going to have good sex as well. It does help. That's for sure. <laughs> so, at what age would you say? Um, we didn't get to ask Cindy this, but what age would you say is a is an age where you would consider um, a good age? I mean, for your daughter to have sex, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, what, what would to be To have a, sex or to talk about sex? Well, first you have to talk about it, but let, let's, let's... You mean to have sex? Yeah, to have 12 sex. 12 years old? Sexual, when would 12? You, what would you approve of her first having sexual Oh, my God, Catherine, what a hard question. It's a difficult question. It's a hard question. I don't know, is there a right age? I think it all depends on their emotional... You know where they are emotionally. Could they handle it? And what it, you know? What you know, are they educated? Are they? Do they have the sex talk? And have they been having it? You know, I don't know if there's a certain age. And I think that if I was to put a certain age on it, it's like driving. You know, that's sometimes kids aren't ready to drive when they turn sixteen or even fifteen. I think it is these days. I, I'm not answering your question. What age do you? What age would you tell somebody with a boy or a girl? I don't know, but I know that now one of the the, the issues in the in element, elementary school and middle school, and particularly middle school, is kids are having sex in middle school. They're having sex in middle school, and I'm hearing that actually from other. And it's, I don't, I don't, I. It's not okay. That's not okay. No. First of all, school is not the sex, place for sex. Girls are doing oral sex with boys in bathrooms in middle school. That I is hear really that. common. Parents do not want to hear about it, but it is out there, and and. In suburbia and in, in all in different kinds, you know, different everywhere. I agree with I, I. I totally hear you, and I I agree that that's happening out there. I've heard it too from other parents, and how they're going about it in school is just amazing to me. And it's not it's not the appropriate place for sex. So if they're at that age and they're having sex, there's a whole other conversation about appropriate behavior in appropriate places. Yeah, appropriate age. I think there's an age thing. To me, I think that, and we're speaking, as, as, like you said, this is general because different kids mature at different ages. And uh, But I think, and maybe this is conservative, I think for girls 17, 18 years old, I think that's early enough to have sexual intercourse. That's my, that's, that's how I feel. But I don't know. It's early enough? They could do it then? Is that what you're saying? With yeah, the right I mean, conversation. I mean, 14 and 15 year olds, they don't have the same kind of maturity as a 17 year old or an 18 year old. I agree with that. I do agree with that. And there's going to be some 17 year olds that I think that that's, it's not, I don't know. They need to have, be sure that they're, I think a lot of times at that age, kids are having sex for the wrong reasons. They're trying to fulfill other, totally other issues, and they're not, so they're not being dealt with, and that's their way of dealing with other issues. Oh, it's such a hard thing to think about. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to be, ha- <laughs> you will be thinking about it, and it will happen, and sooner than you think. I mean, it's amazing because it is sex now in schools, 12, 13-year-olds having sex, way too young, I think. I, oh, way too young. Way too young. And I, I, what I'm hearing is that they're also wearing lipstick, and the goal of the boys is to get as much lipstick on their dicks as they possibly can. I, I read that, too. I, heard, I mean, just heard that. 
Yes. Craziness in the in the um, junior high school. Yeah, I wonder what our listeners think. No one's going to call in for this one, but if you decide to call in, or do you have, like? I'm curious who has boys and or girls doing this, and what what do you say to them? What what's what happens when this when you realize this is going on? Eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. Eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. I think one of the things is if you don't want them to have sex, it's. You don't necessarily have to tell them what not to do, but you have to keep them engaged in something that you want them to do. I mean, that's why it's important to have sports in the schools. That's why it's important to have the music programs and the extracurricular and all the stuff that the kids do that they're taking out of the school programs now because they view them as spending too much money, school budget, and they have to make cuts somewhere. That's not the place to make cuts. You want to engage them in other areas of activity aside from academics. This keeps them away from, from uh, it keeps them active, it keeps them accomplished, doing good things, feeling good about their bodies, keeps them exhausted, um, and they'll be far less ready to engage in extracurricular sex that's not necessarily good for them. It's a great point. I mean, I also think it's really important to have really good in-depth conversation about when is it going to be right for you. Not my decision of when's it going to be right for you to have sex, but so that they can explore and share with their parents or their friends when is it that they, who, what kind of person do they want to have sex with to start that whole sexual exploration process in their life and to be sure that they're conscious and setting goals around it. Like, I don't want to have sex until, or I want to have sex with this kind of person. I don't know. I just think that to be open about it and to hold back and to um, to just be open to have that kind of conversation, I think, is valuable. And You're my using dog your business trainer model. always said, "I have a goal of having." What's my goal? And then what's I my vision? People, I've heard girls on, um, and I want to say it was Oprah or um, Laura. Um, was her name Bergman? Um, I forget. I think it might have been her. Something she was on, but it was around a girl that was saying, "I don't want to have sex until I'm 20 or 18 or whatever it was." But I want to be sure that the person that I'm with is caring and compassionate and we have a shared relationship that we expect to be together a long time. Well, that sounds very nice and very sweet. I'm not sure that I agree with that. I definitely don't agree with that. That I do not agree with because I think that's a, set- that's a setup. We're gonna be- we got 30 seconds. We're going to take a short break. Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller. Lake on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Thanks for joining us this morning. Please don't go away because we've got lots more to talk about. We'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are there any mistakes in your life that you've made that you want to keep? Think about that for just a second. Are there any mistakes in your life that you want to keep? Creativity is allowing yourself to make mistakes, but art is knowing which ones to keep. Join internationally recognized author, speaker, and master coach M. Nora Claver for Bare Naked with Nora Claver, a celebration of life and all the inevitable mistakes we make through the course of it. Join Nora Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host Lauren Beller-Blake talking about sex. Um, and Lauren, you said, and I, you know, if anyone's just joining us, you said that women, young girls, young girls, young. Well, there's a couple points. One is, um, I think it's important to have a for if there's if there's able in any way to have a dialogue with girls about why they're choosing to say yes to sex. That is such an important dialogue, and then. What I was referring to was this conversation I had seen between a young couple, like 15, 16 years old. I think she was 15. She was he was 16, and they were about to have sex. They hadn't, and they had a conversation. It wasn't with one of their parents. It was with a sex therapist, and she got them to discuss why they were having sex. And his reasons were really different than hers. And when she heard his reasons, she decided it wasn't time for her to have sex, which was really refreshing. But she was about to. And her reasons were different. Fifteen and sixteen, I think the reasons can be very different. Very boys different. Boys and girls. And you said the girl, her reason for having sex, her assumption was if I have sex with them, I'm going to have this wonderful committed relationship in high school and I'm going to have a boyfriend. Right. And his was I'll be with you for five or six weeks. And, and I'm Yeah, and it will be a nice thing. It will, we both want to experience this thing together. And it was really much more exploratory and he wanted the experience and he wanted the experience with not just her but many other people. But she was the first one that he decided he wanted to have sex with. And she just so decided that wasn't what she wanted. Well, but, I think well, I think there's a biological reason for that. I mean, I think that men, it's, it's just different physiologically exactly, for men I agree than with for that. women. But I also think that parents set their daughters up. And I'm not, or at least they have in the past. They set their daughters up for that kind of a reason for having sex. It's kind of a setup, and it doesn't really exist. Like, if you're going to sleep with somebody, it has to be for a long-term relationship, and it's going to be, if not forever, it's going to be... And I do think we set them up for sex will make it a long-term when it's so not true. It's not true, or it's that it's going to be monogamous, true. and that the expectation is that some young boy is going to be monogamous and stay with you and not be with anybody else. It doesn't. It's not the, the case, life. and it's a one-time experience. Whatever you like, if, however you want to think about it, and it, it may be for longer term, but most of the time in that age, it's not. But what she found out in the book, why women have sex, why women have sex. As women get older, I think, 
maybe when they are in college or they're over 18 and they're out in the real world, I I think that actually men and women reasons for having sex are more similar. I mean, as she describes I think that's them. probably true. I do think that's probably true. And I think that it could be more similar if we were more realistic in our conversations at a younger age. Yes, I agree with you. So don't set your daughters up for that. Don't No, I think that's really important. But I do think it's important to set a um, reason for it, like a really realistic of why you're choosing to have sex now and not to have it be just a one-time experience um, when you're 15 years old. Well, 15 years old is very different than 25 years old, and you're, and maybe you know you're living at home with your parents and dependent on mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever it is, and uh, so the responsibility of having sex and what you know sexually transmitted diseases is a huge topic, and I think that some teenagers lose sight of that. Um, both g- girls and boys, that's scary stuff, and pregnancy and all of those kinds of things, which when you're older, I think that comes, you know, you have more of an understanding and more of a responsibility, so that makes it very different when you decide to have sex in your 20s as opposed to 15 or 16 years old. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, yeah, we're, we're singing the same song. It's an interesting thing, and I do think the more open we can be with young girls and boys, the more they're going to be wanting to be open back when things come up. Yeah. Well, I mean, we see a lot of sex on television, on the net, all this kind of stuff. It's kind of narcissistic, prancing and dancing, but we don't really give kids, I don't think, uh, real information that they need and, and really talk about it, talk about having sex and what it means and being responsible and all that. We don't do that. We just kind of, it, it, we kind of do the flashy kind of kinky stuff uh, with our kids, even when they're in elementary school. I mean, uh, Especially with little girls. Uh, yeah, I mean, if what that's already happening, if you if you go back to what's happening in junior high schools, um, there's crazy stuff going on, stuff that I never even would have thought about doing, and still don't think about doing. You know, how many color lipsticks can we put on? I know. Oh God. Uh, I mean, so that's, uh, here's a, a little book. crazy. Had, that this is we're somebody that I spoke so to they, the other day. This is a, this is a book. This it's off the topic of, well, it's not off the topic of sex, but it gets us into what are relationships. And she's been on the show before, Karen Salmonson. Do you know who she is? She's written 11 different books. She writes for Glamour Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Wall Street Journal, and she's on Today's Show and our show. But her new book is called Prince Harming Syndrome. Which is? Break bad relationship patterns for good. Five essentials for finding true love, and they're oh, not what you. Are think. you going to share them? Tell us. I'll share them with you. Prince harming, not print. You want to? You most, uh, many women suffer from this prince harming syndrome. You get you don't, and they so they're always looking for prince harming rather than prince charming. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So, uh, and she said that there are three kinds of relationships. She divides them in three kinds of relationship, and she says there's only one that brings true happiness. The first one. Are relation, <laughs> relationships of pleasure. You know, you partners who are all about sex, drugs, all that kind of stuff, right? And they're all only concerned with wanting to be with someone because it feels good, body, you know, sex feels good, or the, you know, competition, they, it's a, an ego boosting thing. Um, but the person with, that you're with never nurtures you with insight and growth so that they never really bring you happiness because it's all about fun. It's just, 
you know, pleasure, right? Uh-huh. The next one is relationships of utility. These don't work well either, or they don't, in the long run, they don't work. Like you're, oh, you just want to have, you want to be with someone because they're going, they're wealthy, or they have status, or fame, or power, or glory, or they're gorgeous. Um, so when you're with them, it kind of makes you feel great when you're in their presence, but they so that's not a good relationship. She says, Karen Samlinson, that the only relationships that work are relationships of shared virtue. I hate the word virtue, but (laughs) these are partners who stimulate you, challenge you, inspire you, root for you to grow to your highest potential, and they nurture your soul. I like that. That's a good one. they nurture your soul. So, ladies, if you're thinking about being so with someone on a long-term basis, does this person nurture your soul, support your best self? If they do that, then you wind up with a Prince Charming, not a Prince Harming. That's a great, that's such a great example. And, yeah, and I think that men want to do that, but they oftentimes don't know how, and within the right relationship, they will figure it out. In, yes. the, in the wrong relationship, they will not. So if that's yeah, and if you're in the wrong relationship, I mean, you have to really, like you say, you sit down, and you think about it. Is, is this person nurturing my soul? If they're not, it's not going to work out. Right. It's not going to be one of those lasting relationships. And anyway, there's a lot more to this book, and you could, she also has a website you can go on to. It's uh, notsalmon.com. Not s a l m o n. Notsalmon.com. And she's got all kinds of, you know, it's an interactive website, uh, and you can answer all these questions, you know, to find out whether or not you're in a good relationship or not. But anyway, that's the title of her book, Prince Harming Syndrome. Good one. Yeah. So I don't know what happens if you find out that you're in a, in a bad relationship, but um, you've got to get out of it. Anyway, uh, no, I'm, in, I, I'm with somebody who does. That's exactly what he nurtures my soul. I don't know that I nurture his as well as he nurtures mine. I was just going to say that. I wonder if he'd say the same about you, Catherine. Uh, No, probably not. He always calls me a narcissist. It's always all about you, about me. That's funny. So, So the book is really written for women about men, and I wonder, there seems to be, there needs to be something to go the other way. Yeah, there does. We have to say goodbye. we got a minute left, so... What else can we say? Do you have a word to, that we can wind up this show with or just say goodbye? <laughs> think I'm about thinking your, about, yeah, like, just go have sex and see if it nurtures your soul. Yeah, nurtures your soul. Do you think? Would you say that you have that kind of a relationship? Uh, no, I'm saying I'm always looking for it. So, okay. yeah, I have some work to do. You have work to do. I, of course, I've, I've achieved it. Um, <laughs> you're listening to Catherine Zox and Lauren Deller-Blake. Um, hope you enjoyed the show today because we did. We had a great time, and it's voiceamericavariety.com. You can listen to it live or just this afternoon. Go to the archives, and you can listen to it anytime. Have a great day, and Lauren and I will see you next week. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and 